now with the latest from the world of technology. This is the Tech Guide podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. It does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated. This is the Tech Guide podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome. This is Tech Guide episode 197, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news, views and reviews. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading and first-time listeners, welcome aboard. My name is Stephen Fennick, editor of the must-read website techguide.com.au on this week's show. Vodafone launches new prepaid mobile plans that can be personalized to your needs. ANZ Bank launches Apple Pay and Panasonic launches Australia's first 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray player. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to run our eye over the HTC 10 smartphone as well as the Logi Base from Logitech that can power your iPad Pro. And we check out the Nikon app that can stream images from your camera to your mobile device. And we'll close it out with the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family and your devices safe online. Plenty of stuff to cover, so let's get cracking. Well, Vodafone have launched a brand new prepaid mobile plan. Now, this is something everyone needs, a mobile plan, whether it's prepaid, whether it's postpaid, we all need one. Now, with the prepaid market, it is uh, very hard for some people to find a plan that suits their needs. One plan has a lot of data, not enough calls. One plan has almost as much data, almost as much calls not enough data, too much data. So it is really, you've got to do a lot of homework, a lot of shopping around and research to get a plan that suits your needs. Uh, whether you're a heavy data user, whether you love talking on the phone, or how, if you want to have a, a monthly plan, a quarterly plan, even a weekly plan. Well, those 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 problems have been have been solved with Vodafone's new MyMix prepaid plan. Now, how this works? Uh, you purchase a Vodafone SIM card and put it in your device, and it allows you then to through the My Vodafone application to then set. You, you come to a control panel that lets you set your prepaid plan. Now it goes. It, it, it you can work top to bottom on the page, and it allows you to set up things like your data, your local and international call preferences, and even the expiry period. So, as you make your changes, you can see the price at the bottom of the screen changing to reflect the value of that plan. So, on the data side, you you can choose as little as five hundred meg all the way up to 8 gig 
there is a bit of a bonus happening at the moment. So if you if you purchase more than two gig, there is a bonus in place as well. But for our purposes, just to describe the function of this uh, setup, we'll go 500 meg as the base, eight gigabytes as the top choice. Next up, you can look at your calling options. And you've got your choices here of either 120 minutes of calls or unlimited calls and texts uh, with your with your plan. There's also an option for international calls. Now, if you're a customer who doesn't make international calls, you can actually disable this function, and that'll save you some dollars. So as you can see, the personalization can result in a plan that is not only cheaper, but also is absolutely tailored to how you use your device. Lastly, what you set up is the expiry period. And you can set it up for as little as a week, so seven days. You can go the normal 30 days, or you can go 90 days if you feel like it. So if you're in a particular situation where you're going to need to use more data for that period of time and not as many calls, and you can change it. And I should point out that every time you recharge, you come to recharge the plan, you can change all those preferences again. So don't think you're locked into all those preferences. Those uh, That personalization can be changed every time you recharge. So uh, it, it is a really handy way to set up your account. It's MyMix. It's from Vodafone. Really easy to set up. And as I said, the pricing is at the bottom of the screen, so, and you, you can see it changing depending on the choices you make. So uh, really worth a look there with the bonus as well. If you uh, if you uh, get more than two gig, two gig and above uh, data inclusion on your plan, you do receive a bonus. I have I have illustrated this on Tech Guide, but I'll tell you really quickly now. If you opt for two gig, you get one and a half gig bonus. If you go five gig, you get four gig bonus. If you go eight gig, you get four gig bonus to bring it up to twelve gig. So uh, pretty pretty good offer, the prepaid bonus and the Vodafone My Mix. Now, while I was on the subject of mobile plans, I thought I'd just quickly add to this segment before we switch to the next about another mobile plan, this Kogan Mobile announcement. Uh, Kogan Mobile announced last year this partnership with Vodafone. And this it was, again, a prepaid deal where you can choose plans that offer generous data but also unlimited talk and text so there's a 1xl 3xl 5xl anyway the the story with the kogan plans is that when they were launched last year they were actually 3g only they use the vodafone network speaking of vodafone as we were a moment ago they use the vodafone network what they've announced is that in the coming months, at no extra cost to customers, that service is going to be cut over to 4G. So it's going to be switched to the Vodafone 4G network and without any change to the pricing as well. So those two stories, the Vodafone MyMix, which allows you to personalize your plans, and also the Kogan Mobile announcement that means that customers on those plans are going to be moved from 3G to 4G at no extra cost. If you want to read both of those stories, you'll find them at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, it was only a matter of time before Apple Pay came to a major Australian bank. Yes, Apple Pay was already here for American Express customers, has been here for some months. But finally, the first major Australian bank 
has taken up Apple Pay, and it is the ANZ Bank. So ANZ customers can, right now, use Apple Pay on when they're out and about. They can use it on their iPhone or Apple Watch. And there's also the option for them to do some online shopping through apps also using Apple Pay. So that then opens it up to not only the iPhone and the Apple Watch, but also to the iPad as well. So uh, the the Apple Pay phenomena, and it is quite a, uh, a growing trend, especially in the US and other countries. I'll, I'll get to those in a moment. But this, this new adoption by ANZ, the contactless payment market in Australia, is going through the roof. Very high adoption rates. Customers are taking to it whether it's just with their credit card and now with Apple Pay, it is very easy to get your credit cards or all of your ANZ cards onto Apple Pay. And then when you do pay, you use the Touch ID to authorize the transaction. Now, uh, in Australia, apparently 60% of all card transactions are contactless. Uh, and uh, these are accepted in more than 70% of contactless payment terminals in Australia. So we are we have taken to this new new way of paying, and Apple Pay has just played right into that as well. Now on the security front, a lot of people are saying, "Well, how secure is Apple Pay?" The answer is very secure. Now what happens whenever you make a transaction? The actual card numbers, uh, even when stored on your the credit card stored on your phone, the actual numbers are not stored on your device, uh, and they're or, or even on Apple servers. The a unique device account number, every time you make a transaction, this unique device account number is assigned, encrypted, and secured in the secure element of the phone or Apple Watch. And so every time you do make a, a purchase, so a, a one-time dynamic security code is generated to authorize that payment. So there's no worry about your numbers being exposed and any kind of security problem. Plus, it needs to be authorized with your fingerprint, and no one can fake that when they're at the terminal. Now, the growth of, of Apple Pay has been huge. It's, it's, been, it's now launched in China. Uh, it's also been rolled out in Singapore and, of course, the U.S. And apparently, Apple Pay is now seeing more than five times the transaction volumes of just a year ago and onboarding over a million new users to the service per week. So that's uh, exciting news for Apple customers. There will be more banks joining the service now. Now that ANZ has kind of broken through and become the first major bank, I don't think it's going to take long to see Commonwealth Bank, National Australia Bank, Westpac, St George, all these other banks and building societies, all these major financial institutions to, uh, to jump on the bandwagon. And, and if you are a customer of one of these other banks, my suggestion is, is you ask them. The more people that ask for a service at a particular bank, the quicker they're going to adopt it. If they see a demand from customers for a certain type of payment, in this case, Apple Pay, then they're going to make a move to satisfy those customers. And with ANZ already out in front here, it's not going to take long for the other banks to fall into line. Hopefully, your bank will be the next one as well. Now, uh, on the online shopping, I did mention there are a few apps that you can use with Apple Pay. Uh, I've listed them on Tech Guide. There's also an Australian gift card app called Prezi that works with Apple Pay as well. And it also has all the not only all the security, but also all the convenience as well. So, you know, when you make online purchases, you've got to fill out 
long mailing mailing addresses and, and all this stuff you need to type out well there's no need to do that because it uh, when you use your touch id to authorize the transaction it fills out all that information for you automatically so that's a really handy and seamless way to make your purchase Apple Pay, it's in Australia and it's moving. It's, it's moved to the ANZ Bank. Hopefully, we'll move to your bank as well. Best thing for you to do, though, would be to tell your bank that you want it. The more people that they hear of, they hear from, the quicker that they will adopt it. If you want to read more about ANZ uh, come adopting Apple Pay and also instructions on how to set up your cards and all your details, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Now, we love 4K. If you haven't noticed, we do talk about it quite often here on the Tech Guide podcast. I'm a big fan of uh, 4K. I've got a 4K projector. I've got a couple of 4K televisions, also known as ultra-high definition. But one complaint is that upscaling can do only so much. When, when I'm watching a Blu-ray or through my 4K projector, the projector does a brilliant job of upscaling it to near 4K quality. It's not quite 4K, but it, it does get it up there. Well, now Panasonic has unveiled the first 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray disc player. So that means you'll be able to watch 4K on a Blu-ray disc. So you do need the player, this Panasonic player. The model number is the UB900GNK. It looks a beauty. It's got a uh, a sleek design, glass-cut finish, mirrored front panel, and it will play 4K movies and onto your 4K TV. So it will use every single pixel on your television screen. None of this upscaling. 4K, you got to remember, is four times the resolution of full HD. So what, you, what a Blu-ray disc is showing is only a quarter of what a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray disc is going to show. It's taken a while to get to this point because you've got to remember, that's a lot of information to fit on a disc. It was a breakthrough back when it was a Blu-ray disc. A Blu-ray disc is about 50 gigabytes that holds that much data. You can imagine the size of the the, the data capacity of these new discs that are coming. There's the first that I've known of in Australia is going to be May 18, the launch of The Revenant, the film that won Leonardo DiCaprio his first Academy Award. It will be released. It is the first time 20th Century Fox is releasing a film day and date with the Blu-ray and DVD release. So on the same day, when you want to buy, if you want to watch The Revenant, you can you can have it on 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray, which is HD, and DVD, which is SD, standard definition, and of course digital, but that'll probably precede the uh, the disc release, the package release. And Panasonic, though, you need to have a player. Panasonic is what is the first player officially announced in Australia. There is there is a player coming from Samsung. They do have an event in a couple of weeks where I'm sure the Ultra HD player of theirs will also take centre stage as one as the major one of the major announcements for their new TV and audio range as well. Now the Panasonic player has all, a, lot, a lot of technology built in that will allow you to showcase that film is the and the way it was meant to be seen. There's 4K high precision chroma processing, high gradation processing, which is which has come from Panasonic's Hollywood laboratory. They've got a Blu-ray research and development facility over there, so they know what they're doing. The result is going to be really sharp, really clean, really clear 
great colors, accurate colors. So it, it can also achieve really high frame rates too, like 60 frames per second, uh, wider color gamut. So you're getting a real cinematic experience right there at home. And if you're wondering, whenever you go to a cinema where it's a digital projection, and let's face it, most of them are these days, that is 4K that you're watching right there. So you can literally see the film in just as high a quality at home with a 4K Ultra HD player. Now, the advantages of having a player over streaming, really quickly, I'll, I'll, I'll just let you know that the disc will always beat streaming. People can, have been streaming 4K. Some shows on Netflix are in 4K. Well, that's kind of a 4K light because that stream, you need a very high bandwidth. So you need at least 15 megabits per second to get the actual bandwidth, the, the speed to, to stream that accurately. Uh, 25 megabits per second is probably ideal. Uh, so it also uses a lot of data. So if, you've got, if you don't have an unlimited data allowance, then that movie is going to be several gigabytes uh, for you to download. That, that could wipe out half your data allowance. And so the, the, the thing that, that it can't match also streaming compared to a disc is the bitrate. Now, bitrate is the rate of information that's transferred from the disc to the screen, to the display. And the bitrate off a disc is always higher than stream 4K. The result is a smoother picture, sharper, clearer picture. So technically, you're still getting 4K, so the same number of pixels on the stream. But the quality of that presentation, the quality of that is better when it comes off a disc. So there are a lot of uh, people like myself who would prefer disc over streaming any day of the week because of that much better quality. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are not like me would who will take price over quality, so they may be able to stream a 4K movie through their Netflix account rather than going out and spending $35 on a 4K movie. Then that, of course, is their choice. But if you want to see better quality on that screen that you probably already own, a 4K Ultra HD screen, you want to showcase it just right, then there's nothing that's going to beat the 4K Ultra HD disc. And Panasonic will have one of the first players in the market. It's not out till September. Pricing has also not been announced. I'm hoping it's, I think, $999. I'm hoping it's under $1,000. Samsung may uh, may bring theirs out earlier than September, but again, pricing of the Samsung has not been announced. And of course, you'll see companies like Sony and LG also follow the market with uh, 4K players as well, as as will the movie studios. You can't have a an Ultra HD Blu-ray player without Ultra HD movies to play on them. And we're going to see movies from Warner Brothers, from Fox, uh, not only new releases like The Revenant, but also catalogue releases, say older films like Mad Max Fury Road and The Marsh and all these other great films are going to be re-released in 4K. You want to read all about that 4K and also that great Panasonic 4K Ultra HD player? Check it out, techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennig. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. But they're also introducing a webcam called the Arlo Q. This is an AC-powered 1080p HD camera with audio and enhanced night vision that lets you see and hear from anywhere in perfect detail. Arlo Q is designed to deliver the best experience indoors. It comes with two-way audio so you can listen and talk back and forth. That means you can pop in to see how things are going at home while you're out. 
You can set motion alerts to let you know if anything moves and use seven days of free cloud encodings to store a video record of events online. Arlo, every angle is covered. For more information, visit arlo.com forward slash au. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide. Jumping into our first Tech Guide review, and we're going to talk about the HTC 10. We've had a chance to fully review the device. I know we have mentioned it in the past, the fact that it is coming. Well, it is out already. You, uh, the, the device came out this week, available through... Uh, all the major operators, and it is priced at a thousand and ninety nine dollars if you want to buy it outright. But it is also available on plans as well. The HTC Ten, I think, in my story, I've kind of described HTC as a as a rock band that had some hits back in the day, but hadn't hit the charts for a little while. And my description of the HTC Ten is that the possible hit. That is the, uh, that signals their comeback. The HTC 10 has a terrific de- design. It's got a 5.2-inch quad HD display. It's got a, a new look. I think one of the issues with the past, the previous HTC devices, when they had the one, the one M8, the one M9, they all looked pretty much the same. There wasn't a lot of difference. What HTC's done with the HTC 10 is kind of go back to the drawing board and create this fresh new design. So it's got this all-metal unibody. It's got the chamfered edges on the back panel, nice curved back panel that sits in your hand really nicely, Uh, pretty easy to hold in your hand. It's got a textured on-off and lock key so that you can immediately find it with your finger without even having to look what you're doing. You can tell that your finger's resting on that particular button. On the back is the camera, which we'll talk about a little while in a little while. It also has a physical home key as well, which does serves two purposes. The first is for security, so it's got a fingerprint reader, pretty fast one at that point two of a second. It can unlock the phone. It also so the ha- the home button works with a touch and with a press. The touch lets get you back to the home screen, unlocks your phone with your fingerprint. A press will then bring up the Google launcher. So if you want to make a Google search uh, or ask Google a question, that's the way. To do it, we we kept getting the Google screen, uh, Google launch because I kept pressing the home screen. I had to get used to the fact that it was just a touch that can bring me back to the home screen or just unlock the device. Now, there's a lot of features aboard the HTC, and they've addressed two that have uh, of particular interest to customers, and those two are the camera and the audio quality. Audio quality, I'll talk about in a minute, but the camera is a 12 megapixel ultra pixel two camera. And it can autofocus in 0.6 of a second. Not the fastest focus on the market, but still pretty damn quick. It's got an f1.8 lens that lets in 136% more light than the previous HTC phone. So what that helps is with low light situations. It also helps when to to determine uh, to provide punchier colors and warmer, vivid colors in your photos as well. It's also got optical image stabilization, so that helps your pictures stay nice and sharp, and also helps your videos stay nice and sharp. Speaking of video, it can shoot 4K video. And it can also record in 24-bit high-res audio. That's a world first for a smartphone. So not only will your your video look great in 4K, it'll also sound great with high-res audio. 
The front-facing camera is 5 megapixel, same f1.8 lens, but this has got a more a wide-angle view to as well, so you can fit a lot more in your images. Try to fit all those people in your selfie or the picture of yourself and there's some, some tourist attraction behind you. That helps with this camera. Uh, the it's it's pretty much a point and shoot, really easy camera to use. Although there is a mode for you called Pro Mode. No, funny enough, that lets you go into deeper into the settings to control your shutter speeds, your white balance, ISO, things like that. Also lets you shoot in RAW format. For those who don't know what that is, we normally shoot JPEG, which is a smaller file, still decent but smaller. RAW lets you shoot in a much bigger file size so that when you export the photo off the device into photo editing software, there's a lot to play with. Uh, that's another feature for this as well. Shots, we, we put some shots in our review on Tech Guide, look really nice and colorful. Uh, some low light images there too. The light really popped in those low light situations. Uh, so the, the camera, we give it a big tick. Next up is the audio quality. Now, this is a 24-bit DAC audio experience here, so high-res audio. Now, what we did to test this is we went into our Spotify settings, and we actually changed our streaming preference to extreme quality. Did you know you could do that? I, uh, I did, was aware of it. I think there's a lot of people who don't, who are not aware that you can actually up the quality of your streaming on Spotify. Now, when you go to extreme quality for streaming, it's 360 kilobits per second. Normal is 96 kilobits. High is 160 kilobits. So we went all the way, 360 kilobits. And to our ear, which we judge as being, can hear, can distinguish good audio, it did sound fantastic. Sounded great through the earphones. They were also high-res compatible as well. So they're ready to go out of the box. HTC also have great speakers on the phone. Not the same two front-facing speeches that you found on the uh, the One M8, the One M9, but still pretty good. So if you if you do like listening to music and you can just put, pop this on the desk and you'll get a decent output rather than having to go spring, spend more money on a Bluetooth speaker, uh, the HTC 10 does a terrific job. Uh, the the audio quality uh, is that it uses the technology on board called HCC Boom Sound. That's still there, uh, not as good as the previous device. I have to say, two modes: theatre mode for if you want to watch a movie, and your regular music mode to listen to your tunes. On the performance side, you got a Qualcomm Snapdragon 820 processor, 64-bit processor on the device, so it does do a great job. Whether it's opening apps, playing games. Everything runs really smoothly, really fast as well. It's also got a Boost Plus feature. This is cool because it lets you take control of the resources that you've got with this device. So you can shut down apps that are hogging the power, hogging the data to extend the battery life. Another cool thing about the phone we like is that there's not much of a, of a HTC user interface. There is the HTC Sense. It's just not spread on as thickly as it has been in previous devices. So this lighter, this lighter feel uh, allows Android to shine through, and, and it does things like eliminating double-ups. You know, if you're using an Android phone, you can use the user interfaces gallery, or you can use Google Photos. You know, when you open it up, which one do you want to use? Always, just once, never show again. This with the HCC 10, those double ups are eliminated, and it does prefer, uh, it does defer to the Google apps as well. So if you want, rather than having a gallery and Google Photo, you've just got Google Photo. Very wise move. Android fans will love that feature, uh, as did we. 
the battery, 3,000 milliamp hour battery, they claim it's two days of battery life. And look, I'll be honest, I don't. I think that that'd work if you just sat this in a corner for two days and didn't use it. The battery would last for two days. But if you did want to actually use the thing, two days I think's a stretch. We got easily through a day, day and a day and a quarter on a single charge. Depending on what you do, uh, there were some heavy usage periods where we were burning 20% an hour on the battery, and yet there were other times where we were just casually using it and getting 10% burn after three hours. So uh, it, it did it did last the whole day. Uh, but the beauty of this uh, device with the battery is it's got quick charging. So what you can do, say you're about to head out and you got, you're on 10%, you can connect this, the HCC 10, for half an hour and you'll get 50% battery charge. So you've got half the battery back after just half an hour. Uh, it's got a USB-C port, which helps with that quick charging on the base as well. Now, the device is available now. It's priced at $1,099. Now, that was one of the things I've listed in my review that I didn't like. The fact that it's up there trying to compete against Apple and Samsung at that price range, I thought this would be better priced at, say, $799, would have made for really attractive plans, would have also put it in within reach of people de- deciding to buy the device outright rather than getting it on a plan. When it's over 1000 bucks, I don't think people are comfortable handing out that sort of cash up front for a phone, hence the reason why they take it out on a plan to spread out, spread the pain over two years. If it's, say, 799 899 it's not such a hit. It, it, it's sort of psychologically, although it's only a couple of hundred bucks cheaper, psychologically the customer's thinking, well, I got it for under 1000 It's better value, and, and then Bob's your uncle. So I think uh, HCC may have made a little bit of an error there, pricing it over 1000 bucks, but I think that's up to them. I think they wanted their device to be seen as a premium product, although we kind of class this as more a super mid-tier device. So uh, you are the best judge for that, though, if you want to take a look at it. You want to read our complete review and see how many stars we gave the phone out of five, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Next up, we're talking about the Logi Base from Logitech. Now, this is a product. Uh, Logitech make a lot of uh, accessories for iPads, cases, and stands. The Logi Base is a stand designed particularly for the iPad Pro. Now, what it does, it positions the iPad, first of all, in a really comfortable viewing position. So you can have it for viewing, you want to watch a movie, or you just want to have it uh, even to type on, to keep it at an easy angle, comfortable way for you to view it. You might be using it in the kitchen to read a recipe, however you like. It places it at a really comfortable angle. But the, the difference here, it's not just a stand, it's also a charger as well. So what you do, you put, your, you put the lightning cable in the back of the Logibase, And then you sit the iPad Pro on its side to be charged. Now, not through the lightning connector. There is, on the iPad Pro, three little terminals that make up the smart connector. So it sits on on its side on those smart connector terminals. And then the actual iPad Pro is charged through those terminals. So it's a really neat, it's a really easy way to to charge up your iPad Pro while it's sitting in a lovely stand. So traditionally, you've got to charge it through the lightning port. 
And if you're trying to trying to have to connect your lightning cable, if it doesn't, I sometimes have the situation here where uh, I've got my lightning cable connected on the right hand side of the iPad. Uh, it's sitting in a certain way, and you've got to stretch the cable to try to make it fit. With the uh, the Logi base, it can just sit on its side on those smart connectors. The cable is actually connecting into the stand rather than the actual iPad itself, so it just makes everything easier. The Logi base. It works with both the 12.9-inch device, the iPad Pro, as well as the 9.7-inch iPad Pro as well. And it's available now, and it's priced at $149.95. And if you want to check it out and see what it looks like, you know where to go, techguide.com.au. Next up, we're talking Nikon, and they've just released an app that allows you to stream your pictures from your Nikon camera in real time to your mobile device. The app is called SnapBridge, and it will work, of course, with Wi-Fi-enabled cameras, and you download the app on your mobile device, whether it's your tablet or your smartphone. And what happens when the phone is paired to the camera Whenever you're taking images, it automatically streams those to your image folder, to your camera folder on your device. And it does it in, so what it happens, it resizes the picture. So you, you might have, obviously, it's like maybe a 20 megapixel camera. It's not going to send a 20 megapixel image to your phone. It's going to send a 1920 by 1080, so a HD version of that image, which is fine if you you know great great quality good enough quality for you to share on social media so if you prefer to take your photos with your camera and share them on your phone it's possible now to 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 keep taking photos with your your camera and then you'll see those images appearing on your device in real time as you're taking them beforehand we used to have to just take our pictures with our phones and share them off our phone now you can still take them take your photos from your great Nikon camera and then find them on your device almost instantly now what what the app is available only for Android at the moment it's coming in the next few weeks to iOS as well so it'll be work with your iPhone when that's out but it does work right now with your Android device you can even go into the settings. If you want to share images at higher resolution, so you want to maybe manually share photos, you can you can choose them to be higher resolution. You can also manually share videos as well. Now, it maintains a low power connection in the background at all times, but then when you when the phone the camera is active, it will then start sending, it will then fire up the Bluetooth or Wi-Fi to transfer those images even better. So uh, it, it is a handy little uh, little app to have, and you can also Nikon also has this has this cloud storage service called Nikon Image Space, and you get free storage online for every for images that are nineteen twenty by ten eighty or lower, free storage online. You also, if you want to go for twenty gig storage, you can go uh, you, you can have twenty gig of of uh, space for free, if you want to have higher quality images saved so you can have unlimited storage of hd pictures and 20 gig of free for free to store images at a higher resolution as well so the nikon cameras that will work with uh, snapbridge include the d500 the coolpix b700 and the coolpix a300 among many many others 
Stat Bridge is available now for Android, coming soon for iOS, and if you want to check it out, you can do it at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is also proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. There's lots of valuable stuff on your computer, family photos, videos, tax information, and work documents. But what would you do if all of a sudden it was gone, encrypted and impossible to retrieve? Well, that's ransomware. It's malware that locks you out of your own files, then demands you pay up or lose access to them forever. And it's on the rise in Australia. In fact, Australia is now the most targeted country for ransomware attacks in the Southern Hemisphere. Norton Security Premium is a powerful internet security solution that can help keep you safe from ransomware by identifying and warning you against dodgy files before you click and backing up all files from your PC to the cloud so you'll always have a copy if anything goes awry. To learn more about how to protect your online life, visit au.norton.com. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. We've got a couple of uh, questions in the Tech Guide help desk. Uh, first one is setting a password for their iPad. I had a, an email from a reader asking how to lock their five-year-old son out of certain apps on the iPad. Now, that is possible. First up, you can set a password for the whole iPad so that little fella can't get into it and stuff up your your apps. But if you actually do want... Uh, your son to use the iPad, you can actually go into the settings and set restrictions on certain apps that will then uh, require a a passcode to enter them. That's uh, one way to safeguard them. He did come back to me and say, well, is there a way just to have a passcode on the settings? Unfortunately, there isn't. You need to have either a passcode on the whole device or on certain apps like Safari, the iTunes Store, the App Store, uh, so that it can safeguard your device for your child might be making in-app purchases. You can set a passcode for that to prevent them from doing that without your supervision. So there is ways to limit what your son can do or daughter on your device without ruining everything. Uh, You can safeguard some apps. You can even set a, a passcode, of course, for the whole device. Next question was from another reader who said that uh, they've just had major shoulder surgery and they won't be able to type very well on their Mac. And they asked about any good dictation, sort of voice-to-text applications that will allow them to still get their typing done without actually typing, just by speaking. And a lot of you may be surprised to know that uh, this person has a Mac, that the Mac actually has a built-in dictation function. So you go into the system preferences, you can activate dictation, and then you set a shortcut. My shortcut is a double tap of the control button, and that brings up a little microphone, and then you can just speak, and it will then translate whatever you're saying into your document. So rather than you able to type things out, you can just say it, and it will type it out in any text area. So whether you're typing out an email, a Word document, wherever there's a text entry area, dictation can enter that text uh, for you just from your voice. So that is a built-in feature for from the Mac 
if you want to do if if you do want to go something a little more uh, maybe not not accurate like the dictation's pretty good but if you do want to go more a premium uh, application you can also try Dragon Dictation but I reckon the free version on your Mac is pretty good as well. Hope those help. Uh, Passwords to protect your iPad and of course uh, you can dictate on your Mac. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that, in fact, is our show for this week. And everything we've spoken about, you can read every word of it on the techguide.com.au website. And if you want to get in touch, your question may be what we're reading out on the Tech Guide help desk, info at techguide.com.au. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family secure and safe online. Thanks for listening. It's been great having you with us once again. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So as we always say, though, stay safe and stay connected.